0: The church of those called out ones that have been separated out. Peter said you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You don't belong to this world. You have gotten out of the kingdom of darkness and have been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. You are the church, and he could say, "Here, oh church. Talking to church folks now, you to need to listen and then do what is said in the word. Welcome to the light of the world. And this is Jerry G. Martin. Moses spoke to God's people and say, hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God is one. Peter spoke to the church and say, we need to continue growing up spiritually. We're gonna share these messages with you today to help you to know that God is one and that you should keep growing spiritually. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, for correction. Now once we get past the teaching part it gets difficult for correction because that's where we start pushing back. I know it's going to be quiet, this is going to be a quiet one. That's where we push back when it comes to correcting but it says scripture is useful for correction and if you want to push back on that one what about the next one and rebuking you know what rebuking is telling you to your face not being mean but just telling you right up front no you're not right that's not right you're not right you need to get that right no 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 you're not right that's not biblical elder barnes you ready for the benediction come on you can come on up and (laughs) Because they're looking at me now. It's not going to be like that, is it? Yeah, it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that. What would it be like for us in the church to try to accomplish all the things that God has given us to accomplish? upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it no weapon formed against me shall prosper i'm above and not beneath i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and let's assume that the church was all like the same age and mentality of the kids are just saying and then you said we can't do these spiritual wars with toddlers we need some adults Well, when was the last time you heard it said? Or maybe when was the last time you said to somebody, you need to grow up. That statement is only directed at someone who's not acting their age. Have you ever said to an infant, you need to grow up? No, you don't say that to the infant. Because the infant act like an infant. Do you say that to your one year old? You need to grow up and start taking out the garbage. To your six-month-old, you need to grow up and start doing your part around the house. No. You say that to your 12-year-old and your 13-year-old. And if you were in my house where I grew up, you say it to your 7-year-old and your 6-year-old. Everybody had to work. There is a normal expectation then that the infant will grow ultimately into adulthood. We just normally expect these kids to grow up. That's normal. If that infant, if that child receives proper nourishment, that infant will grow. It's, it's normal. It's natural. And that is the same way with believers. There's an expectation that we will move from being a newborn believer to a mature, fruit-bearing believer in the kingdom of God that's what the idea is when we come to Christ and we are born again we shouldn't be a spiritual infant 20 years after we got saved we shouldn't be a spiritual toddler 20 years after we got saved still wondering why somebody touched me Why that's my Bible you touch my Bible get your hands off my Bible move over Peter, the pastor and the apostle of the early church, recognized the importance of having mature believers to carry out the mission of the church. We need some mature believers to do the work of the Lord. He shared with the church some hindrances to their maturity. And then he also shared what it would take for every believer to grow. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse, First Peter chapter 2, rather, verse 1, he says this, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation." Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, Peter is writing this to the church and he's been the pastor for a while. And as the pastor, uh, you have a different perspective on um, the congregation. While you're in the congregation, you look at the pastor and then you size me up and you decide what I need to do to do, do better and to be a better pastor. You say, well, he needs to have more love. He needs to be more kind. He needs to preach shorter. He not preach so long. Uh, he needs to, uh, you know, be more fair to all the members. So you just size me up. Well, when you come, you're just sizing up what's going on here, but I'm also sizing you up. So I'm looking at the whole congregation and I can see mature believers and I can see immature believers. That has nothing to do about how long you've been saved. I can see productive believers and unproductive believers. I can see believers who love the Lord with all their hearts and just believers who come to church. We're all in here. I'm thinking about when the news reporter asked me how do I handle people who want to join the church who might have a same-sex attraction? And I said, well, they're welcome because every Sunday in our church, we have liars, thieves, people who had unforgiveness in their heart, adulterers, fornicators. They come every Sunday. So tell them to come right on. You can come now, the barns. <laughs> 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 now, I didn't call nobody a name, but I know they're in here. That's right. So, I don't need to acting like we ain't, you know, everybody's just all right. And Peter said, we got all this stuff going on in the church. Some people have not matured in Christ and they have not taken off the things they need to take off. But just because that's the case, that's why he said all Scripture. It's God-breathing, useful for correction and rebuke so that we can correct the things. And if we don't tell you in the church, well, who's going to tell you? Because they're not going to tell you out there in the, in the world. And the, they're not going to tell you. Your president sure ain't going to tell you. Your congressmen are not going to tell you. The teachers aren't going to tell you. And sometimes the parents aren't even telling the, their kids the right way to go. Our assignment is to share the word of the Lord with you, what God says, and God's standard of righteousness, so you'll know the truth. Peter begins with therefore, and of course, when we hear the therefore, we want to know what the therefore is. Therefore, it refers back to chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. It talks about the living and enduring word of God, the seed which is imperishable, the gospel that produced a new birth. He talked about that in in chapter 1. He says, we have received a new birth through the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of God. Look at verse 23. For we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flower fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that's preached to you. The same word of God that we're preaching now has been preached for a thousand of years. And it hadn't changed. God's word was the source of salvation because that word released God's transforming grace in us to create a new life. If you were saved, you heard the word of God and that word of God came into your life and transformed your life. The word of God has power. The word of God has power. The word of God has power. It is living. It is enduring. The Bible opens with the Word of God. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth and he said, let there be light. And then he said, and the light showed up. The Word of God says, when I speak, it is creative. Yeah. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the Word of God is living and active. If you have the old Queen James, King James Version, it says the Word Lord of God is quick. It is living and active. The Word of God is living and active. It's not a dead word. It's a living word. See, that's why when you read the Bible, it's not like reading a magazine or a newspaper or a novel. When you read the novel, you read it one time, you go back, you read it again, it's the same thing. You read the Word of God one time and you just hear something and next time you read it, it kicks something else out at you. Next time you read it, it stirs up something else. He says, I'm alive and I'm active right now. The Word of God is alive. He said, it's the Word of God. He says the Word of God is living and active and it's sharper than a double edged sword. Now, he said he'll cut you with it. So don't get mad at me. The Bible already said he's going to cut you, he's trimming the fat off. That stuff you don't need. He wants to trim it off. Don't get mad at him. He's going to make you lean and mean for the kingdom of God. He cut the fat off. Now, if you don't want to be cut, say, Lord, I don't want to be cut. But you got to be cut to go to heaven. You can't get in heaven with all that stuff you're dragging. Some of that stuff got to be cut off and the word of God will cut it off he says it's sharper than a double edged sword it penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit the word of God will go down off in the inside of you where you don't even know you have some inside of you it divides the soul and the spirit the joint and the marrow you can't get no more penetrated than that it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart we're talking about the word of God Matthew 24, 35 say, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. We're talking about the word of God. I got a feeling that the church has started to diminish the importance of the word of God. We're looking at the word, what the preachers say, instead of what the word, what God say. And the preachers are giving us a lot of cliches and a lot of phrases and stuff we want to hang our hat on. If you want to hang your hat somewhere, you need to hang it on the word of God. Don't just hang it on. Get, get, get. It's time to get a new anointing, a fresh breakthrough. Come on, you need to get to your destiny. Somebody asked me a question yesterday in a panel. Somebody says, how do I know how to get to my destiny? I say, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how to get to mine. <laughs> I said, what does that mean? Peter reminded the church to remember that the saving power of God's word in their lives is the basis for the ongoing commitment to scripture. He's trying to get the church folks to read their Bible. Are you going to commit to the scriptures because the scripture is going to be that catalyst for the power of God in your life. Yes. Striving to eliminate the sin in our life is a prerequisite then to the desire for the Word of God. See, holding on to sin in our lives drives you in the opposite direction from the Word of God. That confronts us and exposes the sin in our lives see when you when you got all this stuff hanging on you you don't want to get into the word you don't want to get into the word when you ain't living right you don't want to get into the word when you got these habits and actions and activities and attitudes that's ungodly you don't want to just get into the word because he'll challenge you he'll confront you he'll make you uneasy you can't sleep good at night Peter begins this passage by saying in chapter 2, verse 1, therefore, get rid yourselves since you've been saved, since you have the blood of Jesus on you, since he's brought you into a new life, then rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. What do you mean by rid? He means put it to the side. It was the picture Of them taking those old soiled clothing and garments and putting them to the side or taking off the old clothes. Paul put it this way in the book of Ephesians. Pull off the old man and put on the new man. Pull off the old man. You got to pull him off. You got to pull off the old when you come to Christ. Let me just start back from first base. When you get saved, the only thing that got saved was your spirit man who became alive to the things of Christ. Your mind didn't get saved and your flesh didn't get saved. You got to start pulling off some stuff and you got to get a renewed mind or else you're going to try to keep doing the stuff you used to do. It's not automatic. You don't get saved and you ain't going to sin no more. Peter said, rid yourself. You got to do it. Nobody else is going to do it. Don't expect God to do everything on you. He ain't going to rid you of everything. You got to rid it. You got to put it off. When you find out you still get mad, you got an anger issue. You can't have no anger issue and and be fruitful in the body of Christ. You got to get rid of that anger. That's something on the inside that need to come out. God will point it out to you. You got that anger issue. Uh, He pointed it out to Cain. He says, you know, there's sin is crouching at your door. You better get rid of your anger issue. It's going to be your downfall. Amen. He didn't get rid of it. It was his downfall. He'll point it out to you. The writer of Hebrews said in 12 and 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Now the question is, do you want to be a fruitful, victorious, mature believer in the body of Christ? And he's saying, if that's you and that's what you want out of your life, then you got to lay aside some things and get rid of every weight and sin that hinders you so you can run this race. So our writer is saying in view of the fact that divine life has been imparted into the believer, the believer is commanded then to separate from sin. You got the divine life. You can't walk down that pathway anymore. This act of separating from Sin must be a once and for all action. I'm separating. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have an issue from now and then, but you're not walking in it. You're not living in it. You're not continuing to practice in it. Everybody who goes fishing is not a fisherman. Just because you sin don't make you a sinner again. It's going to make you a sinner when you start practicing. You're going to get a sin license. You heard me say, I'm not a fisherman, but I went fishing one time. I didn't like it. I couldn't find where the fish were. I said, what time are they coming? <laughs> I've been sitting here for 30 minutes. Nobody showed up yet. Where's the fish? Well, I think we go to the other side. And I said, well, when you can figure out where they at, let me know. Okay, I wanted to bring my television out there, my magazine. I wanted to read. I want to do something while I'm sitting there doing nothing. He said, we ain't doing nothing. We're fishing. <laughs> I said, you can have that. I'm not a fisherman, although I went fishing. You can sin, but don't make you no sinner if you just get forgiven and keep going back to righteousness. So don't let the devil tell you, see that? You not messed up. You might as well just go on a whole hall. Just dive on back in there. No, if you dive back in there, that's because you wanted to. You're looking for an excuse. You got saved, but you kept looking back. You were like Lot's wife. Peter then go and singles out five sins that the recipient of the letter was guilty of first was malice. Malice is the first category. And he said, you are to put away malice. Malice has the idea of desiring to harm somebody else in any way. It's the Greek word transferred to any kind of wickedness, any kind of wickedness. And it also has the idea of cause and trouble. In other words, if you're sitting up scheming, trying to figure out how to get back at somebody, he said, cut it out. Rid yourself of that. Don't get back at them. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. But you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, the Lord know what they did to you. But are you going to forgive or not? And if you're going to forgive, here's a good time to start. He said, get rid of all malice. Malice will begin to take root in your life and in your heart. Secondly, we are told to put away all deceit. Malice and deceit. The King James uses the word guile. We don't use that word guile anymore. It's a translation of a word which is from the verb which means to catch with bait. Craftiness. Put away all kind of scheming activity. Falsehood. Dishonesty. Treachery. We use words today like being sketchy, and hustling, and scheming, and conniving, trying to hook up. You say, put that, We ain't got no business doing all that stuff. The ungodly do that kind of stuff, trying to scheme and come up with something, trying to get over on somebody, got a little underhanded stuff, trying to drop a pigeon on somebody. That's for the Fifth Ward folks, they know what that means. We used to say, watch out for the pigeon droppers. That's a con artist. Brother Dugas know what that is. Church folks ought not be scheming, trying to get over on nobody. And that means preachers scheming to try to take money from the members too. Hustling the members, scheming the members, coming up with another way. You know, and it's, just, it's just amazing how many ways they come up with trying to get your money. I've seen so many ways and they're getting good at it. Money coming to the body of Christ. Bring it up here on the stage. Lay it at the apostles' feet. And we do all kind of things. That's not God's way of doing things. Taking advantage of the members and hustling the members and and trying to find another way to separate you from your money, all that kind of stuff like that. That's treachery. That's falsehood. That's guile. Tell them that next time you see them. That's guile. See if they can work with that. Thirdly, Peter lists hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is from the Greek word that that identifies an actor with a mask. The true identity is covered up. And people will tell you sometimes when you try to minister to people or invite them, they'll say the church is full of what? Tell them, no, the church ain't full of hypocrites. There are some people here that love God. So a guy told me that one time, and I said, so you don't like hypocrites? No, I don't like hypocrites. You don't want to go where hypocrites are? No. I said, why do you go to the club? <laughs> everybody lying in there. You go to the nightclub, everybody lying. I had a friend who used to go there. He would, say, he would tell all the women he was an astronaut. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an astronaut over there now, so... <laughs> Or the guys would say, I'm a sanitation engineer. He's working, he's a garbage man. <laughs> Talking about hypocrites. No, I say, now, now you're a hypocrite. You say you don't want to go where they are and you're going to places where they are. This is Jerry G. Martin and we brought you this message today to help you to first recognize the Lord, your God, is one. You don't need any other higher power. Because God is one and he contains everything you need. If you would like to hear this message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast, The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. There you can listen to today's message or previous messages that aired on this broadcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast and get a notice that a new podcast is available for your listening enjoyment. I don't have to remind you that we're living in turbulent times. The Spirit of God is reaching out for those of you who don't know Him. If you are ready to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, you can do so now. If you need us to help you with that or pray with you that God will come into your life, Call us right now at our prayer line number of 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. I invite you to join us either in person or online each Sunday at lowcf.org or at our location of 16161 Old Humble Road. Be sure to visit our bookstore. We have it right here on our campus. Call us for church supplies, communion supplies, books or Bibles that you might need at 281-441-2885. Again, that number is 281-441-2885. Now for the Light of the World, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.